The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st, so be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Inside Voice was recently interviewing live in person at the voice tech event called Project Voice in Tennessee. Today, you'll hear myself chatting with James Poulter and Scott and Susan Westwater about their new educational platform to teach marketers and UX professionals looking to start their voice experience or gain more in-depth learning about voice, as well as Paul Hickey talking about how he's teaching local businesses about building voice skills and Julie Daniel Davis and how she's bringing voice to the education world and teaching kids and teachers how to best utilize it in schools. Hello and welcome back to Inside Voice Podcast. I am Carrie Roberts, the co-host. Actually, one of my co-hosts is also here. Hello. <laughs> JP. So we are here today with James Poulter and Scott and Susan Westwater with a big announcement about Voice Masters. That's right. So I'd love for you to start with telling us how you guys decided to all work together in the first place before you decide to tell us what it is. That's right. Well, um, so we at Vixen have been talking to these guys for a long time now, friends through the community mm-hmm. over the past couple of years at Voice Summit. Um, and you know, in both of our businesses, respectively at Vixen Labs and at Pragmatic, we've seen that there's a real need over the past, really over the past year for people who are in maybe smaller or medium-sized businesses, or for people that are pivoting their career into voice, uh, or for people that are starting out a smaller team, but they need to build the use case for voice in their business to really upskill. Um, and so with the, these guys working on their fabulous voice strategy book, which has just come out, um, which is really exciting. And the work that we have been doing, you know, really focusing on strategy work with clients in the UK, we, we thought that we could offer something that's much more powerful of bringing everybody together to work on something like Voice Masters, which is a online uh, taught, but in live and in person yeah. uh, mastermind mm-hmm. program. And we wanted to do it together. And it all came up, up with Twitter. Yeah, so J- right. JP had a tweet, we responded. Next week we had a conversation, so. Yep. And what did the tweet say? <laughs> I think we were looking for people to help, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> we were looking for help. Help. Oh. help. And I mean, in the spirit of the voice community, it was, we can do this so much better together yeah. than trying to compete separately. And so it makes so much sense to take the experiences of JP Jen, <laughs> Susan Kane, and combine them with ours to come up with something even more powerful. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So the program itself is gonna run over six weeks, uh, launching at the end of February. Um, and we'll give people the opportunity to essentially get one-to-one tutoring as well as also group calls and in, uh, like uh, engagement sessions with all of us, plus the rest of our team and also some special guests along the way and partners as well. So yeah. we're, we're really excited for yeah what this can mean essentially for people that wanna start their career in voice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more for people who wanna start their career in voice or for a brand, a smaller company that wants to start a voice skill for themselves. Yeah, it's actually both. Both. And so really what we're trying to do is activate the business community and help them understand what the opportunity to voice represents, what the value is, why they need to start investing in it now, Mm -hmm. which is really a lot of the conversations we've all been having over the past year with them, right? So if we can go through and almost productize that and actually create a place they can go to learn all this, then they actually can be the internal champions and actually talking to their CEOs, their CMOs, and everyone else to make that actually happen. 
So I like to think of this as some way that we can actually help the entire community benefit yep. because it's going to help the platform people. It's going to help Amazon and Google. It's going to help everyone copywriters. And so by activating the business community, we're hoping that we can actually shortcut it and get it happening happening faster yeah. uh, versus waiting on it just to kind of naturally happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I like to think of it as the fact that, you know, if we were all starting out moving ourselves from our previous jobs and roles into voice now, what would I want to get started? And, and that's what this solution should hopefully be. Yeah. Yeah, and so, go ahead. Let's say this is your shortcut. We spent two years after spending 20 plus years in digital advertising, marketing, and all of that. Well, if someone comes in today, they're going to feel like they're left behind. Well, we're willing to help share that knowledge to bring you up to speed so that then that whole time of where you're going to have to play catch up is alleviated so you can start getting on making better experiences and stop just checking a box, but creating something that's actually going to show the viability of voice as a proper business channel. Yes, which is so important. I mean, that's the thing. People are trying to keep up. It's mm -hmm. challenging. And so if yeah. you're doing that for them, they, yep. they can focus on what they need to yep. be doing. Absolutely. So is this something that it's going to be done live as well, but it's also a course? Can you tell us a little bit more about the details? Yeah, so this is based on the mastermind model, which if you're not familiar with those programs, the difference, I suppose, from like a traditional e-learning course or some kind of you know online webinar accreditation thing is that this gets you actual direct access to the tutors and to your fellow cohort members. So the way it will work is you go through six weeks worth of program. Each different week, we're tackling different subject matter with a weekly webinar that will be somewhere between 60 and 90 minutes each week for people to engage with. They'll be able to ask questions directly to the people teaching it live and in person via Zoom conference. And then afterwards, they'll be a part of a Slack community with all of the fellow people that are on that cohort with them. So they can carry on the dialogue, they can engage with one another, they can you know, ask questions of each other and also work on projects together down the road. And then in between that, they can get one-to-one -one tuition with any of us plus the other members of the team that are working on the program. And then afterwards, once they've all finished their cohort, they'll be put into an alumni community that then they can be joined with the next group of people that come down the line. So over time, we hope this will also become essentially the pool of the place that if you want to find somebody else to work with in voice, you need to find someone for your startup, find someone to hire as your voice manager or AI manager in the future, you're going to be able to find those people through being a part of the alumni community as well. And you'll still have ongoing access to content. So as we add stuff, mm -hmm. you'll have access to it. So it's not like you're only there for six weeks and then you're out. Yep. So this is going to be an ongoing organic growth thing where we'll bring in other experts to lend their expertise to the platform and to the program. And so you'll gain access to that as well. There may even be like a private podcast that you'll have access to. So really, it's almost like learning by immersion. And we're trying to help people gain as much knowledge and experience as possible so they can actually start creating these experiences for themselves. And it's going to be current information too yeah. because we've seen the evolution over time. Um, the challenge you have whenever you create something, even I won't want to say our book's outdated because it's not because we don't go that detail, but the reality of it is, is we had to be mindful of that. That's why we don't have stats in our book. This is an opportunity for us to keep that content current yeah. And that way then you're not just learning about what was good six months ago or even a year ago. It's helping keep that continual, keep that learning curve, uh, you know, pretty short so that we can bring people along and help, help us because yeah. there's going to be a lot. Yep. Yeah. And who is this for? Is this for somebody if they've never done voice and know nothing about it, they should join? Or is it for people who've been doing it a while? Or is it for both? I think probably more at the end of people who are really starting out on that mm -hmm. journey. Or if they have got some existing knowledge of another digital field and pivoting into it. So we talk about this as being for people who are strategists, marketeers, UX professionals. You might be working in a large brand, but you're the solo individual that's interested in voice. You might be a small marketeer that needs to you know, kind of grow their team's understanding of voice. Or you might be someone that's 
coming into this industry and saying, you know, I spoke to someone just today who's already signed up and registered. You know, someone who's a traditional UX professional, they're all in on wanting to go into voice, but they want the bedrock understanding of what they need to know to be able to actually really work through things like, how do I learn about audio branding? How do I learn about voice strategy? How do I choose my platforms? How do I think about content? So some of these subjects we're going to cover over those six weeks are going to really give them the, that kind of fundamental foundation level that they really need to be able to actually make educated decisions when they want to brief stuff out or if they want to make their first move as a career into voice. Right, and, and the curriculum does include, um, it's optional because we know that some folks are going to understand that business case or not need that business case uh, yet. And so we have that option that'll be within the curriculum of where you can get that 101 so that if you are feeling intimidated of, oh my gosh, I've only been to a conference and I feel overwhelmed, we have some of that foundational so that when you come through and start getting into the actual coursework, that also will help you come along that way. And our curriculum is a very methodical process that um, we've worked together to put together so that there's building blocks. Um, it isn't drinking from a fire hose. We put it into digestible chunks so that you can wrap your head around a concept move on, wrap your head around a concept, move on. And so you can see how that the interconnectedness is. So when you walk away, you have the tools, you know where you can find more additional resources so that you can start to really feel confident when talking about it um, and also um, create things that are good. Yeah, and I, I just want to bring to people's attention, we have people from the US, from the UK, you've worked together to build this yeah. a little bit in person, but also online remotely as well. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Primarily. I mean, obviously, primarily online. <laughs> yes. But again, it goes to show that like having a diverse team that comes from a range of backgrounds. So obviously there's ourselves, but also there's the rest of the Vixen Labs team is also mm -hmm. our new hire, uh, Kane Sims, who many people watching this might know from VUX World, the podcast, and he's just joined us. So he'll also be a part of the teaching course curriculum. So having all of these different voices who so have come from different levels of experience, different backgrounds, these guys from, you know, direct marketing and advertising, myself from product development and geostrategy work and Jen and the other the team you know, coming from advertising land as well but in different sides of the Atlantic you know we've got a global view and yeah. so for if you're signing up and you're in Europe but you're looking at how do I start my career in the US you're going to be able to access to those people which you wouldn't otherwise get right and what is the cost for something like this? So the cost originally will be two nine 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 or uh, dollars. So you can get access to it straight away from there. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you're actually at Project Voice and you uh, show us your ticket confirmation, you've been here this week, you can get a 15% discount on that first cohort straight away. So for the price of essentially going to a decent conference or spending on something like another training uh, academy, you know, this is really competitively priced for people. And you know, a small investment, but into hopefully a big reward as you pivot your career into the voice ecosystem. Right. Yeah, and I just want to add a side note, having known the three of you now for about a year, I mean, just kind, giving, <laughs> intelligent, caring people. So it just adds another layer that you guys really are here to say, we want we want to help. We want yeah. to help yeah, you succeed. We want voice yeah. to succeed. We want people to succeed. Yeah, this is about yeah making the, the whole industry successful in many ways, because mm -hmm. we know that as much as there are pioneers that kind of go forward, and we've all taken that risk over the past couple of years to start this industry out, for it to really be successful, we need the next cohort of people to come yeah. through who yeah. are trained professionals that have learned from people that have already <laughs> made many of the mistakes uh, <laughs> in advance. Um, and that you know, we're going to be able to really build teams, because I, I totally believe that 2020, you're going to start seeing people who get job roles that are head of voice or voice yes. marketing manager or you know, voice search manager, things like that, because we're seeing this as becoming business as usual. Right. Um, and so we want to be making sure that we're you know, developing the talent pool, that we're developing the next slate of people that are going to come and speak at Voice Global or at Voice 2020, uh, 2021 and beyond. Uh, 
um, you know, and will be back here next year at Project Voice um, because they'll have actually come on the course and learn something, start the project or start their career. Yeah. I love that. Where can people learn more or join this? So they go to voicemasters.ai or find us on social media at... Voice masters. AI. AI. <laughs> we believe in SEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can go follow on Instagram or on yeah. Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all the places. Um, yeah, and sign up. And uh, like I say, if you're signing up today, you get that 15% discount from Project Voice. So it gives you that opportunity uh, to be involved. And if you want to get in touch, then you can email uh, info at voicemasters.ai for any questions you have as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm very excited for you all. And I love seeing the community come together to create something. Thank Thanks, Gary. Yeah, thanks, Gary. All right, welcome back to the Inside Voice podcast. We are still here at Project Voice, and I have with me Julie Daniel Davis. Welcome. Hello. And you are from Chattanooga. You've I lived am. here. You were just saying most you're of like, my life. Yes, yeah. you were like, Chattanooga is great. So tell us, first off, what you love most about Chattanooga. Yeah. So I, I know that all these people attending today, they've only seen downtown, which parts of our downtown are absolutely amazing. Maybe not right around the convention center. <laughs> uh, but that being said, my favorite part of of Chattanooga is just the outdoor stuff that we offer. So we have amazing hiking trails. We have bouldering here in Chattanooga. Not far away, you have world-class rapids. So that's the part that these guys aren't seeing while they're here at um, at this convention. But it's a beautiful city. You know, our, our downtown has been revitalized. We have walking trails that can take you from one end of the city to the other right along the river. So we just need to get these guys outside of the convention center so they <laughs> yes. see the beauty of Chattanooga. We like a, a pre-trip or yeah, something. Yeah, so I've decided right? next year I'm going to give them an itinerary. Look here, 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 and here and go eat at these places and you're going to love yes, Chattanooga. Yes, <laughs> I love it. That's so good. So you do a voice and education. Yes. We were just talking. You were up for two awards the other day. I yes. So yes. Tell me about how you got into that. Because you started as an accountant, right? I actually have a degree in accounting. Okay. Um, and But I have been an educator for now 16 years. And so um, the accounting thing, I thought, well, I'll teach business ed. And I have yet to ever teach accounting, which is pretty funny. But what, my pathway kind of led me to computers. And so now I am the director of instructional technology and innovation at the largest pre-K-12 um, private school here in Chattanooga. And so in that role, my job is as an instructional technologist, teaching teachers, students, and parents how to best utilize technology for learning. And so the path of all that kind of opened up when voice assistants came into being. I'm, uh, if you notice the end of that was director of innovation, I'm always looking for well, what's the next thing that might be helpful for our students. So I bought one up. In actually, the very first year, I bought the Alexa in 2014, put it in a classroom, tried it out with middle schoolers, and went, uh-uh, <laughs> and took it out of the classroom, um, toyed with the idea more, you know, in and out, wrote a few blog posts about it. And at that point in time, I think it, uh, the Alexa conference was the very first year, and I saw it on the news that it was coming to my city, and I reached uh, I did a reach out to Bradley, Bradley Metrock, and I said, hey, would you mind if an educator just sat in the back of the room just to take all this in? And I shared with him the blog post I had written, and he said, yes, you can come, and will you speak? <laughs> and you were like, yes. And, well, and I told someone yesterday, that was so out of my league, because everyone before me, it was like they were speaking a foreign language, because I didn't speak the language of voice at that point in time. I saw myself more as just an end user, not as a creator, not as a developer. 
But I learned so much and the community was so welcoming. And that was the thing. It really just opened a door for me. And hearing their passion kind of created a passion for me to want to see what can we do with this in the classroom. So that went, it went from there. Um, when the Echo Dot Kids Editions came out, I reached out to Bradley again. He reached out to Dave Itzbitsky for me, and we were able to put some of those in the classroom as a pilot um, here at our school in Chattanooga. So that's been a really neat thing. So I always tell people, like, the thug life didn't choose me. I mean, it chose me. I didn't choose it. Well, the voice, the voice life chose me. But it's been this awesome ride of helping other educators across the country try to figure that out. And I do that weekly through the voice and education flash briefing on Alexa. So I talk about ways to use it, things you need to think about if you're an educator. Student privacy is one of the top things that's important to you know set up your devices in a way that's going to protect your students. And then I'll have guests. Like I had um, Sarah of Matchbox IO come on and just I want people to know, you know, discoverability is one of the hardest things and teachers don't have time to discover this perfect skill. So I like to put people on there, let them talk about the skill they've made and how they think it can impact education. So, and that's, like I said, it's a side gig. You know, it's something I'm doing because I feel passionate about it and because I don't want people to have to go through the same thing I went through. Yeah. Yeah, discovering all this by yourself, pros and cons, and how do I do this best? So I just felt like it was something I could do to help others. I love that. And I think I've seen that throughout the voice technology yeah. community. It's a passionate group of people, welcoming. Um, you know, Matchbox.io, you just mentioned. I mean, the Six two awards of them, last night. I know. So <laughs> many awards. They're an amazing couple and right. pair. And just hear that they started it three years ago. Yeah. And now monetizing it, you know, making money with it sure. for business. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. So I don't know much about what voice is doing in education. So right. how are people using it in schools now? Sure. So I think... Uh, most of what you're going to see, if you ask a teacher who has it in the classroom, the thing they're going to say immediately is the efficiencies that it brings to the classroom. So to be able to set routines and reminders, if you've got 25 kids in your classroom, it's very easily easy to forget, oh, we were supposed to be in art class 10 minutes ago. So just to have um, Alexa say out loud, hey, it's time to pack up for art. It's been amazing. The teacher says it just kind of takes a little pressure off them. You can set timers everywhere, but to hear a voice say it really makes a difference. And it also gets those students ready for the next thing. You know, it, it, uh, it's almost like another teacher assistant in the classroom, which leads me to another way that it, it's used often is you'll see station rotation. So in our elementary school, we'll have um, the echo dot in the back corner with maybe five students and then there's five students over here doing something else in a station and then the teachers working with five students well especially in a situation where you don't maybe they're not uh, readers yet to have Alexa tell them the, the instructions and walk them through something and they don't have to read a worksheet or something like that it becomes this assistant for the teacher where she can keep an eye on it and know they're on task but it's leading what's going on and the beauty of using Alexa Alexa at this point is that teachers can make blueprints and that's just like a template that's available for anybody to make you have to have you can have zero coding skills and I tell teachers remember when you were looking for your first job and you went on to Microsoft Word or Google um, Docs and you wanted to make a, a 
a resume and you just found a template for it and all you had to do was erase what was there because you didn't want to start from scratch and you put your stuff in it. Well, that's exactly what it does. And so it allows teachers to personalize the learning happening in their classroom and so they can create, and this is what we're doing, we're creating study guides for quizzes that are coming up and then uh, the teacher creates it and then she can share it with families at home so the kids can study at home with that. Um, I work with a bunch of our international students and so I'll create uh, flashcard briefings or flashcard skills for them. And so when they have a, um, a test coming up, not only is it helping them learn the terms for the test, but it's helping those students get better at saying the word, the English word correctly. So they might say the right answer, and I know they've said it, but Alexa says, no, that's not right. Well, they're like, oh, and I'm like, so, so it's become this linguistic tool um, for our ELL teacher to help those students. And there's, and there's this less sense of embarrassment when they say it wrong to a device versus when they say it wrong to a human. So they'll say it over and over again to a device, um, but they might not, you know, they might be embarrassed and give up yeah, with, you know, with a human. Yeah, you know, the second time I've heard that at this conference. Somebody was talking about that the other day, that some people, when it comes to more emotional stuff, right. they feel better talking to a device because they don't feel judged. Right, and that makes sense, which yeah. makes me wonder. I know that I heard recently that Alexa has come out with a, the ability for her to kind of j uh, gauge your emotions. So I'm wondering if that's a good or a bad thing. Like if, yeah, if, if you're frustrated and she says, oh, I'm sorry, you're frustrated. Are those kids going to you know, shut down? <laughs> like, oh, she knows I'm mad or whatever. Yeah, it's so interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It um, is. Um, you know, I personally have an interest in, in the therapy psychology yeah, world. Sure. And so it's, it's interesting for me to hear this because I think... It's definitely a starting point sure. to get people to, to calm down or figure out what they need. Right. I don't think it replaces No, that, and, and I say tool. that often, yeah. is that I, I really struggle with the uh, humanizing of the device. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want kids to see this as a relationship. I want them to see it as a tool for learning. Yeah. And so there's a fine line there that I think developers are going to have to walk and think about. And I think it's an ethic issue. You know, what are what's the best way for us to move forward to meet the needs of people, but not go somewhere where we were never meant to be? Yeah. Now, when it comes to, I mean, all that you're doing in your department and at your school, how does the role of the the school, the principal, you know, the education department, the state play in that? Like, can this be done anywhere, or really need buy-in from them? Right. So I would I would say this. Most pushback in a district is from your IT directors because they're the ones making sure student privacy laws are being followed. Um, I believe wholeheartedly that you can do some things with the device, delete uh, your recordings, set up things where it doesn't learn voices, don't use names, that type of thing, where you don't have to, where you can work within those boundaries. For me specifically, I'm at a private school. So FERPA, which is one of the major... Um, uh, national laws that we have to follow. I don't have to follow, but it's good practice. So I strive to follow. But COPPA is another one. So that is one reason COPPA is the one for that kind of protects kids under the age of 13. So that's one reason we use the Echo Dot Kids Edition because it uh, Amazon has said it is COPPA compliant. So I think you just have to kind of, and that's the part to me, the student privacy is the most tricky part, making sure. But if you can get your IT directors on board, you'll get everybody else on board. Teachers are all for it because, yeah, another tool in the classroom, let's do this. 
the beauty about putting this device in the classroom is that it's communal. And so, you know, you and I could be talking right now and I use the word ubiquitous and you say, what the heck is that word, Miss Davis? And instead of me saying, look over at your computer and look it up, we just ask the device in the classroom. You and I have not, our eye contact has not moved away from each other. So that conversation has continued to grow. That's what, that's natural. And that's what educators lose. I mean, we love having technology in the classroom, but we lose a kid every time, you know, they have to look something up because it, it is a distraction as well. So that helps in that matter of where I just want to quickly find something out and go back to what we were doing. So it's like almost having another educator in the room. Oh, I don't know that, but let's ask and see what um, the Echo has to say about that. Yeah. And I keep saying Echo because that's what we use. I am I am open to whichever platform decides we want to adopt education and we want to do this. So, but that's just what we're using at this point. I love it. I you. You know, I just get so impressed by the amount of use cases and the niche areas. Yes, very much. Um, and what you're doing is solving such a big problem. Mm -hmm. And the kids are responding well. Yeah. And you work mo would you say mostly the kids that are using it are the elementary level? Or are you going, because you said it's K through 12. Yeah, I'm actually working with high school students right now the most. I mean, my elementary teachers have kind of owned it themselves. I personally am working with our English uh, as a second language teacher um, because those students were the ones who really just had a need that we were having a hard time filling. So they've been really open to it. In fact, they were a little hesitant to start with. You know, it's just this weird, like, what is this about? But now they actually presented this week at Project uh, Voice. And so that's been a really cool thing to have not only here are these kids who've only been speaking English since August, you know, well, come in and present in front of 100 people in a room. So the opportunity that it opened for them was really cool. And the, how they shared how it's helping them was, of course, it made this educator's heart kind of, oh, you know, a warm moment. Yes. Oh, I love this. I get so excited. Where can people connect with yeah. you or learn more, you know, if they want to bring it to their school or sure. how you're doing things? So I have a website, www.juliedavisedu.com. There's a link there uh, called Alexa in the classroom. You'll also see the link to all my podcasts there. Um, they're flash briefings, 10 minutes or less. So it's really easy for an educator who has no time in their day. Uh, on the that page itself, you're going to see a lot of infographics on how to set it up to best uh, think about student privacy, even things you can print off to put hang up in your classroom like rules. I think once kids get over the novelty of it being in the classroom, it's just another, another tool. So um, you can also reach me at juliedavisedu at gmail.com. And I'm very active on Twitter, as all educators should be. Um, that was just a little dig there. <laughs> yes. um, at juliedavisedu. Perfect. Thank you so much, Julie. I am I'm excited about what you're doing. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thank you for having me. All right. Welcome back to Inside Voice Podcast. This is Carrie Roberts, and I'm here with Paul Hickey. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so nice to meet you face to face. Yeah. So yeah. we had done an episode with just the two of us earlier yeah. remotely. Now I get to meet people in person, which is always really exciting. Yeah. So you presented a couple times at Project Voice. What were your conversations about? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to present. So the first one was on voice-based websites, which I think is applicable for any business. So that's why I was, I'm really passionate about that topic. And then the second one is the other thing that I'm super passionate about right now is the Nashville Voice Conference, which is for any business owner, any marketer in any kind of vertical to really come and 
build voice apps at the conference and uh, also strategize about what makes sense uh, for their audience to then build something maybe after the conference uh, to build a presence on top of Alexa and Google. Yeah, and you've done the Nashville conference before, which is workshop style. Yeah. And so what type of Alexa skills or Google Assistant skills have they built? Okay, so last year they built flash briefings and podcasts because that was very easy to... Well, the hard part was like getting the small business owner and the startup founder to think about like uh, what to talk about. Like what, what that's the hardest part, right? Is like, what is your content going to be? Especially when you're a business. Mm -hmm. So, and you're not thinking like you're a media company. So that was part of that workshop. And then the other part was recording the first episode on the spot, kind of like what we're doing. Yeah. And then we used Anchor to um, publish the episode. And then we took the RSS feed from Anchor right on the spot and we used it in the Amazon Alexa developer console to publish their flash briefing. And we built little logos for them in Canva. So we took like Canva, Anchor, and the Alexa developer console in like a basically like a 30 minute session and we built uh, flash briefings for 30 businesses. And then a couple of the other sessions were we did one on Alexa for business, voice-based websites, um, voice and healthcare, and there's a lot of different things that are relevant to the Nashville area, um, healthcare specifically being one of them. And then we're going to add uh, many others this year. So we're excited about that. And so for people that did it last year, have you found that they continued it since they kind of started and felt pretty comfortable with it? Yeah. So that's always a risk about these types of events, right? Is like, and you guys know, cause you're in that business too. Yeah. Like what's the real ROI for the people, not just from a networking standpoint, cause there's value in a networking standpoint. But then when you look at like, did they just take notes and then kind of go back into their daily grind or did they actually apply their knowledge? So I'm really, really happy to say that, um, Many people who attended the conference reached out to me personally after. I'll give you one. I'll give you two specific examples. One being um, a client, a web client at the time, who attended our voice conference, really knowing not that much about voice, um, challenging us to build a, a skill on Alexa that has a video component and a visual component. So thanks to her, I learned APL, right? So, <laughs> so, so you learned stuff too. So I, learned, good, yeah. so I learned, so yeah, like double benefit of yes. the conference, right? And then another one, um, another small business owner that wanted to build a quiz, you know, um, to help his e-commerce clients find the right product for them based on their lifestyle choices. So then I had to learn, you know, the logic and the capture and all of that. So yeah, very, very cool on both sides. That's, yeah, that's good to hear. And I like like that workshop style that you're taking because like you said most people go they take notes it's very passive and so to be able to build something that you understand how to do and then continue obviously they have to be consistent uh, but that's extremely helpful yeah well thank you yeah. yeah that's that's our style right like um we like getting asked questions by our clients and then we turn that into content that can help everybody so that's our content strategy and then our business development strategy has been to just have like 10 to 15 person workshops and helping them do stuff like Facebook business manager, Google analytics, Google ads, stuff in WordPress. And so, um, the voice one's super fun though, because, um, nobody, nobody really knows what to do. And so we're learning and they're learning 
And yeah, the workshop style is just us, and that's why we can pull it off. I think if we tried to do something much bigger or have a bunch of keynotes and stuff, I just don't think we'd be as good at it. Right. Well, yeah. and I think it's good to stick to what you do well, what yeah. you're doing, what you know. So how is Nashville, when Chattanooga here for Project Voice, how do Nashville and Chattanooga differ? How are they same when it comes to technology as a whole and voice technology? Are people okay. using it a lot? Yeah. Are there a lot of companies within both? Nashville is very in my opinion, established, um, especially in the healthcare space and the business services space. There's some brilliant companies in Nashville that are like, um, you know, diamonds in the rough, basically. And so because they're so established, um, I don't want to say they're stuck in their ways, but they're very strategic about like what new types of things that they want to implement. And they're, they really need to be proven um, why they need to go into a specific space. And so that's actually why we're data-driven design. Like, I won't get into the long story, but like just having to prove so hardcore that they need to do something. Yeah. And so um, as I understand, and but that's good about Nashville, right? Like that's very positive because then when somebody makes an investment into that, like you know that they're invested. So voice in Nashville was not surprisingly hard. It was a hard sell to get people to pay attention to it. And now that there's some momentum, it's gonna still always be a hard sell to like get them to try it, but it's happening. Chattanooga, the home of Project Voice, seems to be more open-minded initially about like embracing new technology and they boast that they have the fastest internet yes. in the country. Um, Nashville, I, can, um, I am from, um, Spring Hill and Thompson Station, which is like 20 minutes south of Nashville, very, very slow internet. <laughs> so two differences. I think Chattanooga's maybe a little bit more like willing to try different things, faster internet <laughs> than Nashville. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, that definitely helps. Yeah. What have you learned from being here at Project Voice? Is there kind of a common theme that you're seeing within voice, um, whether it's from the development side, design side, or what? There's way more than I ever thought existed in voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, way more. Like, I've been sort of heads down on building voice apps. And so my mind has been on getting clients on Alexa and Google. And then being here, I'm like, holy crap, like there's way more than that. Yes. There's these, um, there's these assistants, like the custom assistants that brands are building that aren't even, they don't have anything to do with Alexa or Google, but then they, that brand will have an Alexa skill or a Google action that will basically be like the top of the funnel maybe, you know? And so that's super interesting to me. And then if I didn't know anything about Bixby, I didn't, I don't know anything about Bixby. And so Joe Wallace, our CTO at Data Driven Design, <laughs> he's funny. We were in the keynote this morning and he does this thing, like, sorry, the, for the listeners, you can't see me, but I'm, he does this thing where he, like, puts both of his hands <laughs> on his, and I know he's, like, going into, like, processing mode, like, he's processing <laughs> really something. Really thinking, yeah. He's really thinking, and, and like, 50% of the time, he'll verbalize what he's thinking, and the other 50%, he'll, like, go back and do what he was doing. And so he does this thing where he's, like, <laughs> and then he looks up at me and he goes, Paul, I think everything about myself and the way that I've ever done anything and the way that I'm going to continue to do anything in my life just completely changed based on that <laughs> keynote. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's a shout out to them. And, and you know, yeah. we were just talking earlier with another guest, you know, so many people think of Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant and Bixby still fairly new. And so, you know, really a push for them to push the marketing, um, you know, and Roger Kibbe at Viv Labs working with them is doing a great job of expressing the creativity and the third party development and being places like this to, to teach more about it. So it's great to hear that 
there's an interest, there's an excitement um, for people on the technology and development side. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, Amazon, Google, and Samsung mad props to them coming to events like this and even i mean they walk they all walk the talk like they're they're giving developers the mo i think the most access that i've ever seen to anything and it's really cool from yeah. enter enterprise level like biggest companies in the world to be here at an event like this and giving developers access to their platform and like really caring about the development community, it's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I was telling someone earlier, you know, last night Google had um, them speaking and they gave out an email and they were like, it goes to one guy. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, you really are here with the pioneers and the people starting out. You know, in 10 years, it'll be amazing to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love it. It's so good. Where can people learn more about you or connect with you? Okay. Uh, go to datadriven.design. That's our website. Um, and then nashvillevoiceconference.com. So nashvillevoiceconference.com, datadriven.design. Perfect. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you next week.